Hello, everyone. I am Matthew Thomas with Super Cool Radio. My guest at this time released a really awesome concept EP based on the 80s rock scene. Please welcome John Merchant of Ghosts of Sunset. What's up, brother? How are you, man? Hey, dude, I'm doing really good. And like when uh, Todd hit me up about doing an interview for Ghost of Sunset, like I started like diving you know deeper into like Ghost of Sunset and stuff. And dude, I got a lot of cool things to talk about with oh, you. Oh, good, man. Thanks. Did you like it? That's the first question. Did you like what you heard, man? I did. I definitely did. You guys, you definitely brought back like that 80, like the late 80s, early 90s, like Sunset Strip vibes. Yeah, that's that's what we were going for. So I guess I guess we did the right thing, man. So, but before I know we got so much to cover. Before we do that, I want to hit you with a fun question: What music have you been listening to this week, John? This week, I'll tell you what, uh, Matthew. Right now, my main ride right now is a band from Nashville called The Great Affairs. Have you heard of them yet? I have actually, dude. What do you think? I'm a huge fan. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, a, a mutual friend uh, actually uh, hit me up. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, a friend of mine uh, hit me up saying, "Hey, you should check them out." Very yeah. recently, they're good. They're cool, man. They're really cool. So I got their record, and uh, which is called, I think, Everybody Moves, Nobody Gets Hurt. And it's just like, it, it just hits a bunch of the things I'm into. You know, it's got, it's got that poppy quality. I like a good, you know, like hard rock and pop tune. It, I can hear Cheap Trick in it and Big Star. And I, I just fell in love with it. And then I kind of, you know, uh, Denny Smith, the guitar player and singer, um, you know, we connected with Denny and I, I even had to send the dude a message and be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm fanboying out on you, but I love this record so much. So we ended up having Denny play. He'll be on um, our full length albums coming out uh, later this year. And Denny played guitar on a track for us. So that'll be cool. Yes. That is so cool. Yeah. If anyone has to check out the great affairs, they are, they're really awesome. I'm actually like, I'm trying to schedule uh probably in probably a month, month or so. I'm so kind of backed up with interviews, but sure. I definitely want to chat with them. Definitely. He's, he's a good interview too. And you know, I'm listening to wild street right now too. I like wild street. I'm a, I'm a fan of the, you know, for a guy like me who grew up in that era, you know, those guys, um, those guys just hit it for me. Cause you know, they are, I mean, Eric, the whole band, but you know, those guys are glam metal, man, you know, and that's what I'm into. So I'm a big fan of those guys too. Yeah, Wild Street's really awesome. I had the opportunity to see them live, and what really like blew me away is just how good they sound live. They sound like their studio work, dude. I I know. Um, you know, I watch videos of them out on the road, or you know, even they did some live stream stuff. Dominic, their guitar player, he He's and I awesome. are both we're both left handed, so you know, we always have a kinship there. But yeah, they're a killer band, and I I I swear to God, dude, I've never seen a picture of Eric where he doesn't look completely glammed out. I think the dude wakes up in the morning, takes the garbage out, and looks like he's walking the Sunset Strip. You know, honestly, he might. And the funny, <laughs> I, I, I talked about this in my podcast, I think like a week or so ago. So I, I met them in Indianapolis, and uh, I went to take a picture with Eric. And uh, so there's like uneven piece of concrete like right before the table. So I tripped and like fell into him. <laughs> Excellent. I'm sure you're not the first person to ever fall into someone from Wild Street. I promise. <laughs> Probably, but uh, those dudes are just so awesome to chat with, and all, and they're just awesome and very talented. Music. Yeah, they're rock and roll, man. They are a rock and roll band for sure. Yeah, that's so why I, I can't wait for the new album, uh, Wild Street Three. I think that comes out like early or mid June. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be it's gonna be a burner. You know that for sure. Yeah, and you actually got to work with uh, Eric on a song. 
Yeah, man, we did a charity single um, called All I Want to Do is Rock. We had Brandon from Minefield play guitar on it, and, and Eric sang it and, and wrote some of it, too. We kind of wrote it together. And, and the dude is just, like I said, you know, that's, that's my ride. I grew up in that era. Um, and when someone does it, does it well. And those guys, the other thing that's cool is you can, they believe it. You know, they're 100, they're all in all the time, and you got to salute that. So, yeah, cool guys. So, Wild Street and Great Affairs are my rides right now. So, everybody check them out for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Really quality music that you guys should really listen to. Right, so I'm chatting with John, uh, John Merchant of Ghost of Sunset. So how did you get started as a musician? I grew up, uh, my dad was a musician, and uh, I, I swear to God from, like, uh, there's a picture, I guess I must be four years old, you know, sitting with a big guitar. I always had one. I dragged it around with me. It's all I wanted to do, dude. I didn't want to be a fireman or a cowboy or a policeman, or I just wanted to be, a, you know, a guitar player and playing a band and, and uh, it's all I've ever really known. You know, I, I've worked day jobs and I have a day job, but I'll tell anybody that, you know, kind of my calling is, is, is music and all kinds of music, you know. But I really I I grew up in that era where that stuff we're talking about, you know, the, the 80s, hard rock, uh, late 70s, early 80s kind of stuff that it just hit me where I lived, man. I was the perfect age for it. And my teenage hormones were raging and I, I, I got hooked on it, man. And I, I love it to this day. Dude, yeah, definitely right on, especially music, especially like really connects to you. It's very powerful. It is. It's, you know, really, especially now we're learning more than ever before. I think it's, it's how people communicate, man. You know, it's how we, people tell stories. It's like, you know, it goes back to ancient times, dude, you know, when people, that's how we told our stories, our traveling minstrels. It's just now our minstrels uh, are the guys in wild street, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> dude for sure yeah there's also like music therapy and like other kind of stuff like it's it's amazing it's amazing to see what it can do even you know people with brain injuries people with um dementia uh music touches people in a place you know that is uh is so deep that it transcends kind of the surface you know and then even the surface uh of our psyche it's so deeply implanted and i've seen stuff i'm sure you have too you know you'll see these videos where some you know person with dementia has played music from their their generation you know and you can see it connect with them it's it's beautiful man and and you know i i'm sure you know in my elderly days if uh god forbid something happens they'll crank up some motley crew and i'll probably respond to it somehow you know we'll have to find out we'll have to find out i'll just be sitting there and i'll do this and they'll go oh yeah it's getting to them man <laughs> yeah we're definitely have to find the find that out. i hope we way. never do dude i hope we never find that out <laughs> for sure yeah but just it, it music leaves like such a uh, distinct memory and impression on the person that it still stays with them right right on right it's beautiful man i mean i don't want to you know get too hippy dippy about it man but it is it's the last it's really the universal language it's the last great communicator it transcends you know it transcends money it transcends power it transcends you know all of it it, it just hits you in a place that very few things do you know and so uh you know sharing it and making it and enjoying it and you know it, again people like you and me people who've never met we get talking about a band we both like and and we're connected right away and and that's what the world needs right now you know 
Yes, for sure. Especially that connection with other people like through music. And I know that you, for this project, you started working on Todd Long for Ghosts of Sunset. How is, I, I, I've talked to him and he's just a really cool dude. So how is it working with him? He's, uh, Todd and I have been friends since high school. Uh, when I was in high school, I'm a little bit older than Todd. Uh, but when, when we were in high school, uh, he's the dude that, you know, he was, he was a, he's a fantastic musician. I always describe him as like Dave Grohl. He's that dude who can play drums. He can sing, he can sing harmonies. He plays bass, he plays keyboards. He, he can do, a, you know, he can do a whole song himself, you know? Um, and when I was in school, he was the dude you wanted to connect with. And he and I connected over, there you go, 1980s hair metal. You know, that's what we were into. And we were two of these weird kids with, you know, posters on our wall of dudes who look like girls and, you know, bracelets on our wrist and hair in our faces. If you can believe that looking at me right now. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that was it, you know, and, and we've made music together over 30 years. Wow. So, so, uh, so how'd you guys, uh, so how was the first time making music with him? How did that start? I, I, I pestered the dude. I pestered him until he let me come over to his mom's house and jam in his basement. And out of like all the musicians I've ever heard in my life, I had to be in the, I'm sure I was in the top five worst on earth at that time. And he was probably, you know, one of the best musicians I'd ever been in a room with for sure. And he was just a kid, you know, we we're still in school. But I just kept pestering him, dude. I just and we loved the same stuff so much that uh, it we became obsessed. It's all we talked about: obscure bands, bands we saw on MTV. You know, you name it. We were into it. We were we were two guys who just were one hundred percent committed to it. You know, and so we started playing in cover bands, writing music. We toured together um, over the years. You know, we've spent eighteen hours in a van together. You know, he's a He's like a brother to me, honest to God. And I've uh, for working with him for the, like the Blind Anxiety Showcase, setting up this interview. He he's a really great guy to work with. He actually did a station ID for me as well, and uh, he just he gets stuff done. He's a pro. He's he he's the dude you want to have in your band. Every band needs a, a Todd Long in it, and it's the dude who's gonna keep everyone on track. I mean, you know, I sent you an email what half an hour ago saying, "Isn't it twelve You know, and Todd was like, "No, man, I think it's one o'clock." And you know, you need a guy like that. And he's a, you know, he's a force to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, and now I, I really want to talk about the, the concept EP you guys released for Ghost of Sunset. You know, how did you develop this concept? And what is the concept for anyone who's not familiar? Sure. You know, I was out, um, I was out running one day. I'm a runner. So I was out running and I thought, man, nobody's ever had a concept album about 1980s hair metal. And the thing that's cool about 1980s, that kind of music is, if you remember, there was a show called Behind the Music on VH1. And yeah, all the good all the good ones were Motley Crue, Poison, Rat. You know, it because those guys were so decadent, dude. And they were, you know, it was a quick climb up and a really scary shot to the bottom. And so I came home from that run. I called Todd. I said, hey, dude, you know, no one's ever done this. We should do this for fun. Within 24 hours... He had sent me the very start music bed of our first single, Miles In Between. And we finished that song and I said, dude, we got to, let's do this whole thing. So we, we did it. We knew we wanted some, you know, guitar of that era. I play guitar, Todd plays guitar. Um, but there's a real style to that 80s hair metal. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so 
for miles in between, we were like, man, it'd be cool. You know, one of our favorite bands of all time was Enough's Enough. And, uh, and I said, I wonder if we could get Johnny Monaco, who played with Enough's Enough, who fronted Enough's Enough, um, when Donnie left. Uh, let's see if he'd play on it. And he, I, we sent him the song. He said, sure, man, I'd love to. And we were off and running, dude. That's We just we just kept making songs, and we had a list of dream people. Like, man, I, you know, I grew up watching Tracy Guns on MTV, you know. You wonder if he'd play a solo, you know. And sure enough, you know, our... our we had kind of, you know, we had a criteria. We'd say, hey, if you like the song, if you like the song, we'd love to have you. If you don't, don't waste your time. Don't waste our time. You know, we want something that people can be excited about. And uh, these people, they put their heart and soul into it, you know, and it made it really special. Yeah, for sure. If anyone hasn't checked out the EP, please do so. But like the, the, like the idea, because I talked with uh, Gary Jeffries of uh, Asphalt Ballet, and he was telling me about like the, the late 80s, in the early 90s like sunset strip and he said like you went to like a super high heights and then like early 90s came around and you just dropped off like that whole the hair metal just fell off in the early 90s it was you know i'd heard it described by uh, by d snyder the singer of twisted sister he said it was like being a surgeon who specialized in one type of surgery right that was what he did he did surgery for that one thing and they found a cure for that disease. That's what being a hair metal artist was like. In the, and we can't blame, you know, everybody wants to blame grunge music, right? Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden. We can't blame them completely because toward the end of the scene, it got really bloated and, you know, it got silly. I mean, we all, you know, be, the cartoon Beavis and Butthead, you know, I can remember them making fun of that music. And because sometimes, dude, it was... It was a bit funny, you know, it was, it was too much. And anytime you elevate like that, you know, and you're so, you know, you're so bombastic and you're so over the top, you're just setting yourself up for a fall. And when some of these dudes fell, um, it was, it was, well, I mean, not to be that heavy about it, but you know, it killed, it killed people that fall. There are people who didn't survive that fall. They're, they're gone now and their musical, you know, they're musical artists with tons of talent and heart and soul, and they couldn't survive it. The fall was too much for them, you know? Yeah, especially just being so sudden that, like, you know. Dude, can you imagine? I mean, can you yeah. imagine one day you're you're playing in an arena full of people, and all they want to do is tell you how much they love you and how cool you are, and you're the soundtrack of their lives, and, and you've touched them in some way, and then six months later, you can't fill a bar full of people to come hear that same song you know that's uh i i can't imagine what it's like and like i said it killed people man people just couldn't deal with it and i i get that you know that would be hard and it's probably very disheartening to like you get like a huge like arena tour and then like just less than a year later you're like getting like no fan base anymore yeah well and you know what happened even the big names you know uh, before the resurgence of this metal, and I will say this music, hair metal or whatever, that's a terrible term, but it's all we got, uh, has had a resurgence. Uh, but there was a time when the biggest names, the Motley Crues, the Quiet Riots, the you know, Quiet Riot knocked Michael Jackson's Thriller out of the top spot on the charts, and they played an arena in my hometown at their heyday, and it was sold out, of course. They came back through town, and they played the sports bar on the corner, you know, um, and, and people would say stuff like, God, how can they do that? And 
oh, they must be so sad. You said it. When music grabs you, though, it's what you do. It's all they knew, you know, and they loved it. And, and it, I'm sure it was hard, you know. And like I said, it, it, it was killing people all the time. It was just too much for a lot of people. But, um, yeah, I can't imagine what it would be like. I, I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't mind trying it out, you know. Uh, I'll take a couple full arenas and you can send me back to the bar. I've been in the bar for 30 years, dude. I'm used to it now. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, at least you can say, hey, I had a huge arena tour, but you can see me at your local bar coming up. Dude, exactly. I could at least promote with it or do something. I'm sure I'd get some value out of it. Yeah, but it's kind of like, I don't know if I'm familiar, I was like pop punk in like the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah. That was huge. Yes. For almost a decade. And then it just, just like that, they all went away or they like transitioned to different like rock genres and other things. It's the same thing, man. It's It, it happens, right? It, it's happened through the history of music. I mean, there was even a time when there was kind of a backlash against the Beatles because John Lennon had said they were bigger than Christ. Um, the 70s rock. I mean, think about, well, I'm wearing a Fleetwood Mac shirt. Um, toward the end of the seventies, these bands were, you know, their arena, there were people flying around in the rafters of arenas and pianos and 80 singers and blah. it all got big and bloated. And then we needed punk rock to come and, you know, you know, that uh, Iggy and the Stooges and the MC five and punk rock came through. Same thing with that pop punk that you're talking about. I mean, it, it's just a cycle and the people, again, you can say what you want. You can say, um, I don't know, uh, you know, all American rejects, you can go, oh, well, that band did nothing. Well, they did something. They had great songs that if they come on right now, you're still going to sing the chorus, you know, and, and you can't deny that any of those bands. You can say you can go ahead and laugh at Def Leppard, right? Oh, Def Leppard. You're still going to sing Pour Some Sugar on Me. You know, you're still going to sing Gives You Hell. You're still going to sing Basket Case by Green Day. And you're still going to sing, you know, I don't know, Man in the Box by Allison Chains. And you're still going to sing whole lot of love by Led Zeppelin songs songs are going to transcend that there's going to be bands that sure dude they drop off you know they were here they had that song it was catchy we all cool song it's not you know it's not the anthem of your youth you know I mean I liked uh, Bad Touch by Bloodhound Gang but it's not going to be you know I don't think they'll play it at my funeral you know what I mean yeah, for sure. It seems like you definitely, as you said, like music goes through like cycles and stuff. Like as you said, like the the revival of I, I call it glam metal. Yeah, I like good. It. I like that even better because I love yeah. glam metal. Yeah. Yeah, and like you said, like we just said with like Wild Street and uh, like uh, my friends uh, Midnight Devils stuff yes, like that. Yes, like, yes, yes. They're recording with Chips Enough right now. Yes, they are. Yeah, great man, dude. Great man. Yeah, and like it, it, it's just that revival. Every you know it, what, probably like close to thirty years now that like. They're, they're, the glam metal height was there. Yeah, it just keeps turning. And you know what it is, dude, is people get, you know, nostalgic for it. First of all, it, it's all a cycle to begin with. And the other thing is, is there was something there. There was something that connected with people, you know. Like I said, you can say Def Leppard, haha, but you still remember all those songs. Quiet Riot, Motley Crue, Poison, Rat, you know. A band like Midnight Devils or Wild Street, you know, they're connecting with those people. People like me and new people. Because, you know, people get tired of being, the world is a pretty depressing place, right? It's, it can be pretty depressing. It, it's fun to go out to the local club or, you know, the arena, whatever it is. And for a couple hours, forget that stuff and rock out and have some fun. And people are missing that and they're ready for it again. And that's, that's where bands like Wild Street and Midnight Devils and, you know, uh, you know what? That's 
Greta Van Fleet is scratching that itch for someone who loves Led Zeppelin. There's nothing wrong with that, you know? Yeah, actually, I, I talked about uh, one of my recent interviews about Greta Van Fleet, about how, um, you know, they're kind of bringing back that cr- classic rock style that, right. you know, again, not many people were doing that when they started it because it was all kind of just sounded like generic rock and they right. broke the mold. Yep, and that's that's what it is. Um, the whole thing's a circle, you know, and, and for us, like with Ghost of Sunset, you hear that glam, you know, that glam rock and that 80s stuff. Um, and, and we also because we've been in the game, I mean, like I said, Todd Long and I've been making music and professionally, and when I say professionally, that's touring, writing, recording across several genres for 30 years. Um, You know, it's like when we're cooking, what we're making has a a lot of spices. You know, it's got the Beatles and the Stones and Zeppelin and the Who and, and the Sex Pistols and the Ramones and the Clash and and Motley Crue, Rat, you know, Poison, blah, blah, Faster Pussycat. Um, the problem with music is when your stew only has one spice, you know, um, and, and, and not slighting Greta Van Fleet. Um, that's just because I've been reading about them lately. But, uh, you know, if your only spice is Led Zeppelin, your soup isn't as good as if you would throw in everything, you know. What if you could give me some Led Zeppelin and I could taste a little Green Day in there or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Um, that's where it's interesting. And that's why for guys like us who've been out here doing it for a while, you open up our spice rack and it's, it's pretty deep, you know? And I think that's, that's helped Ghost of Sunset connect with people. Yeah, for sure. I think you definitely, you guys definitely have a lot of different elements that you, you know, throw into your music, as you said, your soup. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what we're going to call it from now on our musical soup. <laughs> <laughs> You can quote me on that, Matthew. We'll both use that for a long time now. Hey, I'm hey, I'm good for that. <laughs> so how was it writing and recording the EP? You know, um, it, it, this EP, the, this music couldn't have even existed back when we started. You know, back when we started writing and recording music, you had to be in the same room with someone. You had to have a tape play. I mean, we come from that era. We recorded on on analog tape. You know, we were there for for all of that. Nowadays. Um, you're able to collaborate better. You know, you can reach out to um, other musicians. I, I will say this, it, it made the process possible, right? It made it possible for us. What it doesn't do is there's, it, you miss a little of that magic of all those people in the room together. I, I, I mean, I'd be lying to you if I said that that element um, isn't special, you know? I mean, you can, you can go to your laptop and make music now, and so can I. Uh, the problem is, without other human beings, you start to tell yourself, well, everything's great. It all sounds great. These are all great songs. You know, you need other people. When you open up the spice rack, you, what do you do? You make your soup and you take a spoonful and you go, dude, how does this taste? You need someone to go, I think it needs more salt. Or, you know, Todd will tell me, hey man, I think this soup needs more Pretty Boy Floyd. Or I think we're lacking a little, you know, faster pussycat here. <laughs> Yeah, and and uh, just talking with Todd, like I mean, you, you are in Michigan, he's in Alaska, so like, right. you know, miles in between. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. <laughs> yes. So, do you guys, you know, you're able to, um, you know, collaborate and put this music together? And as I said, I've talked with Todd, you know, quite a few conversations, and he's definitely he's a pro. He knows what he wants, and he knows like how to do it. He does. Um, you know, he this is a guy that when I was, we were pretty young. Um, when industrial music kind of got 
hot, you know, it was Nine Inch Nails and Manson had, Marilyn Manson had just come out, music like that, um, ministry. Todd Long recorded himself at home on cassette, like a cassette four track or eight track and ended up in the like um, unsigned gems in Circus Magazine. He had an industrial project called, I think it was called Serving Size 8, I think. Um, he did it all himself. You know, he can do that. Um, it's just he's uh, he's also a guy who knows how to collaborate. And he and I have enough respect for each other to value each other's opinions. So if Todd, if Todd calls me and goes, man, this song's rocking me. Well, I get excited about it because I respect him enough to know how how deep his spice rack is and that he can taste some stuff in there. And I know other people will taste that too. And and I th I hope I'm the same way for him, you know. Yeah, for sure. I think you know both you guys definitely have um, you know very uh, diverse backgrounds enough that, as you said, you don't just go to I'm just going to use salt and pepper. Right. You're like, hey, right. let's, let's throw in a little like red hot uh, chili pepper. Right. 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 <laughs> See what I mean? God, nice, Matthew. Man, we are riding this spicing right in. Yes, I love man. it. I love it. <laughs> Once I find something, you just stick with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's working, but, dude. But yeah, but you guys again. As you said, and you have to have respect for people you work with because then, like, if he says, Hey, this song is going to be really good, you already know, okay, he's got a good ear for music, right? I'm excited for this project, right? Right, that's a big thing, man. And that's that's why, even though you flip open your laptop and you can do it all yourself, um, you'll hear it. You know, I'll hear people all the time, they're like, I've written 200 songs, and I'm always like, Well, dude, you've got 200 ideas. How many of these songs have you presented to someone else? How many? How many other opinions, how many times have you taken a spoonful and said, taste this thing? What you don't realize is, you know, you, uh, you're you immune to your own spice rack, you know? Um, so you need other people to to really share that with. And, and that's where, you know, when you're all in a room together, uh, that's even more special, you know, because then you're right there and in real time, you know, someone can go, dude, I got an idea. And when that, you start feeling that happen, um, that's when the real magic is. That's that's what we live for. Because anyone will tell you it's you're you know it's not you're not making a million dollars and and you know nine times out of ten you're not filling the arena. So you better be getting something else out of it. And for us, especially now, we just want the work to be good. I want to connect with people like you, with people who who like the same spices I do, and we can talk about them, and they can. They can taste other things that maybe, maybe the combination of spices made that third thing where you can go, I go, well, hey, man, it was kind of a mix of like, I wanted a Rolling Stones thing and a faster pussycat thing. And it comes out the other side and someone goes, hey, man, I really like that one part that sounded like, you know, Bush or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, that's how, that's how it works and goes forward. You know, that's why, again, not to harp on those guys, I don't mean any harm, but, you know. The Greta Van Fleet thing, we go, oh, it's Zeppelin, oh, it's Zeppelin, oh, it's Zeppelin, oh, it's, there's some rush in there. And, and, and it's, sure, I love Led Zeppelin. But if I'm standing, uh, you know, and I've got the, my choice between the original Big Mac and then this other burger from this, other, I'm going to probably get the Big Mac, dude, because I know it tastes great. And I, and, and that's what I, I've eaten for so long. I might take a bite of the other one, too. Uh, but nine times out of 10, when I see the arches, I'm going to McDonald's. You know, when I see the, when I hear the Zeppelin, I, I'm going to the Zeppelin. I'm getting it at the source, you know, 
the uncut. Yeah, for sure. You know, I I, I respect what you know Greta Van Fleet's doing. I know they're, Me they're, too. Is very well produced. They are very talented to pull off like sounding like Led Zeppelin. Very much so. But yeah, as you said, they have to. They got to vary it a little bit. Uh, It'll come. They're young, man. Those guys oh, yeah. are young. Um, again, they haven't even been on Earth long enough for the spice rack to be that full. You know, they got a lot of time left in them. Hopefully, of course, this business doesn't give you a lot of time. That's why a lot of music made now. You know, the spice rack is seasoned salt because it's got all sorts of different shit in there that you can dump in, you know. Um, but like they've got time, they've got life experience, touring, all of that stuff, I would think is going to change how that band develops if they're allowed to develop. Because not to be the old shaking my fist guy, right? The old man, I know you're uh, listening, the old man's going off right now. But the fact is, this business isn't like it used to be. So you don't get a lot of time. Um, you better make a really delicious soup right from the get-go because no one's going to give you time to add more seasoning and try to make it again. They're going to drop you and go to the next thing. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely, uh, yeah, the business has really changed no. a lot. But I do think the one advantage I think people do have is that you don't need to have a record label per se. You can do everything yourself, but it is more work. Like if you're willing to put in the work, you can do it. Right, right. You know, um, it's cool. I think both those things can happen. You know, we can we can have bands like I mean, Cripe. You know, all these indie bands that came up. Uh, you know, where you'd see like even before they broke the White Stripes and Black Rebel Motorcycle Club and and the Ya Ya Ya's and all these bands. Uh, they were doing it. You know, this really do it yourself ethos. But it's the same thing the Clash did. You know, um, you start that way and you can do it. Um, the thing is, like you said, it's more work. And I think if you find the right label, um, the right record label, they can really nurture you, help you open up doors. You couldn't open yourself or maybe doors that you would still be pounding on that. They knew the, you know, they already knew the code or they already had the key. Um, so for us, like golden robot records for us has been a, a partnership that has been a dream because those, you know, we didn't meet with golden robot and they didn't start going well ghosts of sunset are going to make us 10 million dollars you know they believed in in the music we were doing um and and knew that you know that our spice rack was was full and we had you know we were going to make soup for them and we were going to keep the soup hot you know and um and they've been great you know that's that's been a blessing for us i i probably you know we may be talking without Golden Robot, right? If that never had happened, but it might be three years from now. And by that time, you know, the world has moved on. Yeah, it's, um, well, it's kind of, so uh, how did, uh, so who approached who with Golden Robot? Because I've, I, I, uh, I've worked with Wild Street. They told me about like Golden, because they're also on uh, Golden right. Robot. Yeah. And they really like working with Golden Robot. So how did, uh, how did uh, you uh, meet them? We, you know, again, because you got to have a Todd Long in your band. Todd Long started, we were just going to put these songs out for our friends. That's how it started. We were going to make like some copies and give them to our friends, but the songs were good enough. And we, as music fans went, man, this is good enough. I think other people are going to want to hear this. So Todd started shopping some songs and we had a little bit of label interest, which was really cool, man. We were, our, we had no expectations. We weren't going, you know, I can't wait till we get a jet, you know, or any, you know, we, we were just like, hey, man, I'm on my private jet. Now. Right, right. You know, <laughs> we, we were going to share these songs with our friends anyhow. Um, 
but we thought they were good enough that maybe some other people who weren't our friends yet might want to hear them. And so we had some label interest, but ultimately um, we were looking at Golden Robot because Golden Robot has a lot of subsidiary labels, some smaller labels. And we thought we could find a home on one of those. And when we met with Mark for the first time, um, he said, he goes, you know, guys, uh, we have some smaller labels that would work for you, but I'm listening to this and I feel like this is uh, music I'd like to release on Golden Robot. And, um, and then, you know, of course we were elated, dude. We, we had no expectations. So anything was gravy per se. Um, and then to be with someone who gets it, who likes the same music and is home to acts like Wild Street and Gilby Clark and, you know, uh, Stephen Riley's LA Guns and King's X. And, you know, I could go on and on. Um, I knew that, and Todd knew that, uh, golden robot would take care of us they would allow us to be ghosts of sunset at no point has anyone at you know and i'm sure they probably wish they they could i mean there's certain things that because of todd and i being so far apart because of how the band works there's certain things we can't do um yet uh but golden robot at no point has pushed us to do anything except make music we're proud of and that's what more do you want from a record label? You know, not, we don't ask them, you know, we want them to, uh, to respect us and to, uh, to be excited about the work we're doing. And they are that that's great. And they've, they've done so much for us and we became friends with wild street because of them. Yeah. And uh, that's actually how you got the connection with me. Uh, I, I did an interview with wild street and then Todd hit me up. It was like, Hey, uh, we're on the same record label. You should check out our music. And if you're interested, please interview us. And I was like, okay, I checked out the music and it was a, it was a few weeks in between because I was like, Hey, uh, I got a few commitments, but I would right. definitely interview you guys. Cause I got a lot to talk about. And uh, so that's kind of how that connection has happened. You know, and, and that's the cool thing, man, is about like working with Eric uh, on the charity single and, and just listening to, you know, to how they work and, and and being a fan, you know, this thing, this music thing survives when bands do that, you know? Um, and there, of course, you know, there, you know, as well as I do, there are bands who talk about other bands behind their backs or run them down or, uh, you know, we've been doing this. I mean, like I said, we're 30 plus years in the game. I, I we don't have a lot to, um, we're not out to, you know, uh, claw our way to the top or anything or take, I'd way rather be excited about bands and, and if they're excited about us, we can share that together. Um, you know, I, I'm not getting a kickback from Denny Smith and the great affairs, but every chance I get, I talk about the great affairs cause I love that band and, and, and Denny and, and the guys do the same for us because they like what we do. Um, none of us, you know, it's not like any of us are going to have a Axl Rose, Vince Neil fight. Although, I keep trying to get Eric from Wild Street to do it so we can get some press, but I'm afraid he'll beat me up. I could, I could totally see that too. I know he would pull it off perfectly, dude. Knowing him, he dude, could he's, totally do it. He would be great. He could, he could talk about my bald head. I know he could. He could start a rivalry. It'd be so fun. But uh, the sad thing is, is I, I really can't talk bad about those guys because they're so cool they're and they rock so hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. And you know, Eric, I, I had a lot of you know email emails with him. He's really, really cool guy. Very funny. He always makes yeah. me laugh emails because it's always unexpected. 
because uh, he said one thing. I, I'm not sure if he was kidding or not, but he sent me an email saying he shipped my, you know, my Wall Street shirt for me. He's like, yeah, I had to chase down a mail truck on a bicycle in New York. <laughs> Which he probably did, dude. He's probably not joking. He's probably, And what I picture in my head is completely glammed out, Eric, hair, stage clothes on a bike with that your T-shirt in his hand. That's what I picture. <laughs> I don't know, it could have happened too, but it's, just that image just made me laugh yeah. so hard. <laughs> Yeah, cool guy, cool band. Oh yeah, for sure. But uh, I, I just want to get back real quick because I definitely want to talk about this. So I know you covered it a little bit. Um, so for the, all the outside guest musicians you had on this EP, so did you just like just you know shoot them an email or message them and say, hey, I like here's my song, I like you to feed you? Like how did that? How did all those come together? It was kind of like that. Yeah, uh, we would have some connections with these artists prior to. Um, just because we've been doing this forever. I mean, uh, you know, in the course of touring through Nashville and, and the, you know, you connect with people and then, you know, it is, it's that big spider web thing. Uh, some of it was just purely you, we'd have a song and, and it would beg for that style, you know, a certain style, or it'd be someone that we really, you know, that we had admired and looked up to like a Tracy guns. Uh, Johnny Monaco, uh, Brian Forsythe from Kicks. I mean, I've been listening to Kicks since the '80s, um, and I like how he plays. I like, I like his style. I like his, you know. I think our spice racks are similar, um, and so it's finding the right people. But that was it. It was simply sending it out. Hey, we've got this song. Here it is. If you like it, if you don't like it, that's cool. We understand. If you don't have the time, you'd be amazed at how many people just go. I don't have any way to record. Some of these guys don't even have that, you know? Um, but it was, it was finding people that we knew would take the song somewhere. Because if you're just looking for someone, a name to be on your song, you can pay someone to do that, you know? Um, that's not what we were looking for. We were looking for someone who was gonna take it, take some ownership of the song and move the song forward. Cause that's what pros do, right? Yes. When you're the real musicians, are going to take something and put some of themselves into it and move it forward. That's what we wound up with. And, and, you know, without naming names, there were a couple name, quote unquote, name people who, you know, it just didn't work. They recorded and it just didn't, it wasn't moving the song. And it didn't mean that I don't love their previous work or that I'm not still a fan. It just meant that they hadn't connected with what we were doing. And that happens all the time, you know. It's all about you know chemistry and music. If it, right. you know, if it's it doesn't sound quite right, doesn't fit instead of forcing something to fit, it's like hey, it right. just didn't work out. Right. I mean, if we really wanted to force stuff, you know, we would have had a guest rapper somewhere, you know what I mean? <laughs> or someone scratching records or something, Gary, you know. But but we were looking for people who are gonna take the songs and put some of their soul into them. And and the people that we uh, used on the EP and that we're using on the new album, they do that, you know. And for that, however long, for that three, four minutes, then they are the guitar player in the Ghost of Sunset. You know what I mean? And that's what's yeah. important to us. Yeah, for sure. And uh, so a lot, of, a lot of great guest musicians on the EP, uh, you know, members from, you know, LA Guns, Rat, Enough's Enough, Kegs, Lita Ford, and so many more. Uh, who is somebody that you, if you could work with, who would be like, you know, like one or two people you'd like to? Like a dream list. Yeah. Yes. Um, you know, right now, my my big ones have been, I would love, uh, as a matter of fact, I would love to do something with Michael Monroe, who was a singer in Hanoi Rocks. 
um, cause they're one of my favorite bands of all time. I love Hanoi rocks. Um, yeah, certainly the band faster pussycat has been a, a big band for me of that era, you know, um, guys like that. And, and, and those things could still happen. Um, you know, some of it is, uh, I, my dream list. I mean, of course you'd love to have, you know, I'm sure slash or Izzy Stradlin would do something cool too, you know? Some of it is access to some of it is just, you know, I, you're just not going to get access to something like, like that, you know, but um, certainly right now uh, we had a, we're working on songs for our third release for golden robots. We haven't golden robot rather. We haven't released the uh, full album yet. That'll come out um, all new songs uh, later this fall. Uh, but for the next one, we've got a song and I, I would really like to hear Michael Monroe from Hanoi rocks, play a saxophone solo on it. So that's a dream right now that could very well happen. That would be really cool. Especially like, uh, incorporate like a brass instrument like that. It definitely changes the mood of a song. If you, if you, you know, not again, I had to get on my old guy thing, but if, uh, <laughs> Hanoi rocks, the band Hanoi rocks that everyone's kind of sort of of this genre is heard of because uh vince neal had killed hanoi rocks drummer razzle in a drunk driving accident but hanoi rocks are a band that without them you go back and listen to hanoi rocks you will realize that you would not have a motley crew you would not have a faster pussycat you would not without hanoi rocks and michael monroe uh the singer was playing saxophone in those songs and those songs were more like um 70s, which I love, which is in my spice rack, a huge spice. 70s glitter rock, Bowie, Mott the Hoople, um, The Sweet, uh, all that kind of stuff. Slade, uh, Queen, you know, that's the thing for me is I love hair glam rock, but I like, you know, there's 80s glam rock, there's 70s glitter rock, you know, um, and I like both of those. And Hanoi Rocks was the bridge between that, that glitter rock, the Alice Cooper, the Bowie, the and the uh, Motley, Faster Pussycat, L.A. Guns. They were, I mean, Hanoi Rocks uh, is probably, you know, one of the most important bridges in that kind of music, so. Yeah, for I, I haven't listened to, like, too much of their stuff. I definitely, I really, really got to check them out. Dig in, Matthew, and then report back. Promise me you'll report back. And if you need anything, I've got some Finnish imports I'll send to you. You'll be fine. Finnish? Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I'm, I've been... Such a, and and I don't want to sound like Joe Cool like I've always been hip to Hanoi Rocks. Um, I got hip to Hanoi Rocks when Vince Neil had killed Razzle. Um, I'd seen a couple videos before then, but then I was like, I, I don't know, there was something about them, and um, yeah, they're a huge huge influence on me. So we'll see if we can get Michael Monroe to play saxophone on something. I'm sure he'll be watching this, so he'll probably I call totally me. We think that'd be really awesome. Like, That'd be great. Yeah, I know. So yeah, no, like I'm, I'm like my uh, media of choice. Like I really love CDs. Like my yeah. car, yeah. my car is an 03. I only thing I have is CD. There's no Bluetooth. There's no, yeah. I don't yeah. a cassette player. Like it's just CDs. Yeah, good man. <laughs> so I got a huge collection. Good man. I always, I always love picking up CDs. So yeah. yeah, it's the there's something about it. That's the other thing now with the digital music scene is you know you don't you don't have that thing. You don't have to work so hard to get it. Like. You don't even have to go to a store. You don't even have to, you know, it's instantly, you don't have to wait for it. You know, there's something cool about waiting. There's something cool about, you know, checking the mail if you order it or going to the store and flipping through and going, oh man, I'm here it is. You know, I've been looking for this. Uh, that's lost right now. And that's, uh, again, that's, 
stupid old people ranting, you know, but, but it's true, man. It's true. Uh, it's really cool. Like, uh, so in South Bend, there's a, um, it's a, it's called a CD, uh, I think road show. It's like a bunch of like, uh, CD, like, um, you know, um, like uh, owners and vendors and all that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I picked up the first LA guns CD there. Beautiful. Yeah. What a great record, dude. Oh, what dude. a great record. Timeless record. Yeah, and I'm friends with one of the vendors there. It's like, hey, we got some. I'm like, okay, what do you got? He's like, LA Guns. I'm like, yes, uh, I'll buy that. <laughs> you're just so taking the money. <laughs> you're the dude, aren't you? You walk in and they're like, hey, Matthew's here, man. We got that LA Guns or we got that. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. Especially because, yeah. you know, like I, I run Super Cool Radio. So it's like, hey, we got we got some stuff for you if you're interested. I'm yeah. like, all right. <laughs> Those are, and right there, dude, that's what's cool is when you start connecting with people like that. You know, that's why music's important. That's why it's cool. That's why no matter what those cats are doing in their lives and what you got going, when you guys are talking about that stuff, you're the, you know, you're not, you know, you're just right there together. And that I, I did the same thing, man. I used to go to record and CD collector shows and I would go with my friend Todd Long and we would walk in and the same thing. The dudes would be like, Hey, I got a Hanoi Rocks thing from Finland, or hey, I got a VHS of 1978 Cheap Trick, you know? Um, same thing, man. I'm glad that you're doing that. That's killer, Matthew. <laughs> oh, I found so much good stuff there, too. Like, you, like, you never really know what to expect when you go to that right. stuff. That's killer, man. Killer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. But hey, uh, uh, John, thank you so much, dude, for hanging out with me. Really hey. awesome time chatting with you. Uh, here on Super Cool Radio about Ghost of Sunset, music, everything, life. <laughs> hey, thank you for doing what you're doing, man. Really, thank you. It's guys like you that that keep the whole circle moving for sure. And you're, you know, what the record, you know, show, the CD show dudes are doing for you, you're doing for the next person, and you're doing for me. So on behalf of Todd, myself, everybody involved in Ghosts, uh, man, we can't thank you enough, Matthew. If you ever need anything from us, you let us know. I, I will definitely show. I really, really enjoy working with you guys. And I'm really looking forward to, obviously, the full-length record that's going to come out this year as well. But I do got one more thing before I let you go. Yeah. So what is, like, the, the future plans for Ghost of Sunset for the end of this year? Uh, first single, first new single will be out in June. It's called uh, No Saints in the City. Uh, and then we'll have another single out later this year. Full-length album will come out. Again, it's all new songs. It's nothing off the EP. It's not a concept record. It's um, but it it definitely for me as a writer, I found out that I I it works for me if I can create characters in my mind and sort of cultivate their stories. So you'll definitely feel some themes uh, to the record too. So that's that'll take us through the end of the year. We're hoping to get out on the road in the fall, do a little live playing. We'll put a live band together and go uh go bring it to people because that's what's fun, right? Yep. I I just want to hang out with people who like the same stuff I do and talk about Hanoi rocks, you know? Yeah, dude. Hey, if you're ever, ever around my area, dude, I will for sure see Ghost of Sunset. I'd love it, man. I'd love it. But uh, any kind of hints on the, the style and the structure of the new uh, single coming out? Uh, you know what? I, I'll i tell you what. It, it does still have that 80s, you know, kind of uh, glam rock, uh, rock and roll, but there's also a little bit of late 70s feel to it. Um, uh, I've heard it compared, you know, to Nick Gilder, who's the guy who wrote Hot Child in the City, to um, it's got even a Night Ranger feel in some points. So it'll be, uh, it'll be a little bit of a departure, but it'll still 
you know, the, the main spices will still be in the soup, I promise. <laughs> well, I'm definitely looking forward to it. If anyone hasn't checked out, definitely check out Ghost of Sunset. Check out their concept EP. It is, it's, it's a trip. It, honestly, it literally is a trip. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. So for John Merchant of Ghost of Sunset, I'm Matt Thomas of Super Cool Radio. Thank you. Thanks, Turn brother. Away. Hope everyone enjoyed my interview with John Merchant of Ghosts of Sunset. Had a real great time chatting with him about the concept EP, the guests on the EP, and just life and music in general and how to create musical soup. And if you like this video and want to directly support Super Cool Radio, we have these really awesome t-shirts for sale on our Endeavor After site. The link will be in the description. Plus, we got these great baseball hats we are directly selling. They are $21, including shipping. We will ship them directly to you. Contact me or Super Cool Radio for more details. Now it's time to close out the show with a teaser for their song, Headed West. And if you want to catch the full song, it is available on our Anchor channel under the Blind Anxiety Entertainment Showcase. I feature that song with a station ID by Todd Long as well. So check out that episode. It is currently on Spotify, iTunes, and Apple Podcasts. But now it's time to close out the show. I'm your host as always, Matthew Thomas. This is a teaser for Headed West by Ghosts of Sunset. Please check out, stream, support, give a like to them. This is Headed West.